して、イーヴィルがフィニッシュに向かおうというのか、場内が何か、どよめくような感じになっている。Welcome everyone to the Never Open Podcast, the podcast open to everyone except poor Yoshi Hashi. But never say never. I am your host, Luke or LSJ, whatever you want to call me, the Thunder from Down Under. <laughs> And I'm here with my co host, as always, Andy. Say hello, Andy. What's going on, man?、Um, what are we going to do if Yoshi Hashi like, wins the Never Belt one day? I'll have to. Oh, any belt, dude. Any yeah, belt. Yeah.、Uh, I'll have to change the intro up.、Uh, I'm sure there's someone there that's been in New Japan for 20 years that hasn't had a title. Is it 20 years? I don't know. Yoshihashi's been around for a long time. <laughs> And he's still titleless. See,、uh, someone, well, we'll cover it today. Someone else won their first title in New Japan this, this weekend, except、uh, that person has also won a tournament in New Japan. So they already had one up on Yoshihashi, so that doesn't count. But,、uh, you know, he won't be winning a title anytime soon, though.、Eh? So we won't、no. need to change the intro for a while. Because, <laughs> It's yeah. Gonna, yeah, we're safe for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, or today, whenever you've got this in your ear holes, we're covering the final night of the New Japan Cup as well as Dominion. And、uh, I think we'll touch a little bit on Lions Break Collision because I think、uh, you and I eventually were starved for some wrestling because sometimes there's a bit of a gap between New Japan shows and you,、uh, you feel a bit like starved for wrestling. So I checked them both out. I think you did too.、Um, I saw the first one and I began to watch the second one, and then,、uh, and then here we are. So that was、All、like、right. a, few, that was a few minutes ago. But,、uh, you know, I, I have some thoughts on it. I watched enough to give you some thoughts for sure. We didn't,、uh, we didn't promise full coverage on it, but,、uh, you know, I had to check it out.、Uh, it was good to hear some voices again and all that stuff. But anyway, let, let's,、uh, let's get this intro done. So、uh, we'll tell people where they can find us on the, on the social medias and all that stuff. We're, we're on Twitter at NeverOpenPod. One of us is usually live tweeting the shows as、uh, Never Open Pod. And if we're not live tweeting under that name, I'm probably live tweeting under Grumpy2EB.、Uh, that, that's the number two, not the letters that equal two. That's weird. And、uh, <laughs> you can also email us <laughs> at the at Never Open. Not at Never Open, that's Twitter. You can email us at Never Open Pod. At gmail.com. Where can people find you, Mr. Andy? Well, it's easy to find me, you know, if I'm not under the、uh, Never Open Pod mantle,、um, which you've been handling a lot of that lately just because、uh, life's been a little crazy for me right now. But,、uh, you know, that's all the waves are settling. And so,、uh, you know, I'm looking forward to kind of trading off with you with that going forward. But my personal Twitter is at Drusifer Tweets. And、um, I think that these past couple days, the,、uh, the tweeting was pretty fun, man. It was a little, there were more people on the past two days than I think were in the past like month. I agree. I, I expected to be 
the lone tweeter, you know, because uh, these shows started, uh, the New Japan Cup for me started at 6 p.m. and the Dominion started at 4 p.m. I know listeners are going, oh, fuck that Aussie bastard right now. But, uh, <laughs> and so I thought I'd be up, you know, doing the tweet thing by myself, but no, there's you. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other people who follow us and friends of ours and stuff as well. It's felt like uh, everyone was awake and there was a good back and forth going. So uh, just thank you to everyone who, who joined us. It was a lot of fun. There were some shockers uh, in, in a good way, but that's because we're in Osaka and Osaka generally has uh, some surprises in store. And we weren't disappointed. Oh, well, well, some people might have been disappointed. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, but we'll get into that as we as we go along. There's a couple little news bits. Um, two of them being uh, Yo as a torn ACL, and Yoshihashi is also injured. Uh, they both had matches with Bushi in the tournament. Is that related? I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just for some of the things, something that happens. But both men are out. Uh, no word on how long. Uh, doesn't really affect Yoshihashi too much. But Yo, <laughs> I don't mean that. I just the way I just I like I like the guy. I'm like Fox. Of Mom course, with Yoshihashi, mm -hmm. I want to believe. <laughs> but Yo, on the other hand, is one half of the Super Junior Tag Champs. So we don't know what's going to go on with, with those two. The other bit of news in, in, in regards to wrestlers is that Minaru Suzuki had a fever. It's not confirmed whether it was uh, COVID or not. Could have been just a cold or, you know, whatever the fuck, but... He was not there this weekend, so you know it was it was a shame because we would have liked to see more uh, Nagata Suzuki stuff. But health and safety first. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, another thing that happened uh, this week is that fans returned to New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I mean, I don't know if there's any better way to handle this the way they did it. Um, Osaka Joe Hall is a gigantic place and I don't know what the max capacity of it is, but it looks like it's one of those like 10 to 20,000 seat arenas. And instead of, you know, usually for a pro wrestling show, they'll quarter it off or half it off. So that it looks a lot more full, but what they did is they had the whole thing set up. Um, the whole entire bowl was open and only, it was just over 3000 fans were all social distanced. And Luke, tell me about the rules for cheering. Uh, now you've caught me off guard. There are rules for cheering. I yes. guess there's no getting out of your seats, uh, no taking your masks off or down. Um, just stuff like that. Um, so usually New Japan will do spots where they'll throw wrestlers into a whole bunch of chairs and shit and the crowd gets out of the way. There's none of that. None of that kind of stuff. Uh, I probably did not answer your question good. Well. I did hey. not see those rules. Or if I did, I did not click the translate button on my Twitter feed. So <laughs> if you want to, if you want to, I did see the really cool New Japan logo 
Uh, you know, everyone knows the uh, the one that says King of Sports with the lion in the red and uh, yellow, and it, it it has had recently a mask over it, which is adorable. It is. Well, the rules um, that they had, which would I don't think this would work in either one of our countries, um, is that folks could clap, but they were asked not to cheer vocally. So, um, you know, they wanted you to cheer in your hearts. And uh, so only a few times during both of these shows did you actually hear the crowd do anything besides clap. So um, it was very interesting. And it was, you know, it, it was like halfway in between a, you know, a, a fanless show and a show that's packed full of stadium. And man, I was so happy to hear it. Those claps uh, were music to my ears and uh, music to a lot of the wrestlers as well. Yeah. And the wrestlers didn't have to hear the commentators. So uh, there was less distraction, I guess, because <laughs> uh, the commentators have been a little echoey and it left me with no doubt in my mind that the uh, wrestlers can actually hear them quite clearly and have to pretend that they can't. So... <laughs> That did make me chuckle. Look, I'll, I'll just break, uh, break. I'll just uh, talk about quickly. Just lions break collision. I didn't mind the first episode. It did start very young lions with Clark Connors and Alex Coughlin, Coughlin or Coughlin, Coughlin. I think it's Coughlin. Yeah. Yeah, I can do the Japanese names, but like Coughlin, I'm, I'm, I'm fucked. So they had a ten minute draw, common for a young lion match, but uh, the second match. It's only a 30-something minute show, so it's pretty short. Second match we had was uh, Carl Fredericks and TJP versus Rocky Romero and Jeff Cobb. That was a nice little backslide, and Carl pins Rocky Romero, and uh, looks like we're setting up a bit of a feud here between Carl Fredericks and Jeff Cobb. So that's fine. That's pretty cool. You also f found out little tidbits, in at least in night one, of Lions Break Collision, about some of the could-have-beens. So we found out uh, Carl Fredericks was supposed to debut as a non-young Lion, I guess, in the New Japan Cup. He would have fought Kenta, and we don't know who Jeff Cobb was supposed to wrestle, but he was also going to be in the New Japan Cup this year. Neither of those things happened because of obvious reasons. So that's pretty much episode one. Uh, in the middle of that episode, there is this amazing, adorable young lion commercial for these like <laughs> sponges and shit with Clark Connors, Alex Coughlin, sorry, and Carl Fredericks. Uh, Carl Fredericks was, just kept saying, "That's really cool," <laughs> and I thought it was absolutely amazing and adorable. <laughs> it kept me chuckling. I may have rewound Lions Blake Collision to watch that about three times. Because I like a goofy shit like that. Well, it, it makes perfect sense that the young lions would be advertising cleaning products. Because if you don't know, <laughs> um, <laughs> the the part of the young lion system is uh, that you have to do everyone's laundry and you have to clean up the dojo, and they all like live there, you know. So it's uh, there's a lot of uh, duties and responsibilities. So some sponge that already has the soap in it. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> they were going nuts for it. So that was episode one. Um, before we get your thoughts, I'll, I'll do a little mini rundown of episode two, if that's all right with you. Please. 
So we had uh, two debuting wrestlers. We have uh, Rust Taylor versus the DKC, or as Gino called him, uh, Donkey Kong Country. <laughs> but his real name is uh, Dylan Kyle Cox. Not a bad little match. Uh, yeah, like, it was this really cool finish, though, with Rust Taylor. It looked like this brutal, like, rings of satin. But instead of hooking your arm over the, 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 the top arm, he hooked his leg over it instead. So it's a bit of a, a bit of a modified rings of satin, which is a submission hold I quite like, because I quite like Perry Satin. So I, I did enjoy that. And then we had our main event, which was TJP versus Dan, Danny Limelight Rivera. This is a good solid matchup. This really cool looking frog splash finish though by TJP. And that was pretty much the second episode. And they're all already building up to episode three. They're building up this guy named Tom Lawler, who some people know. I think he's some MMA guy. He's coming in. He's going to fight Rocky and then all that kind of stuff. So, there we have it. And there's also a couple of promos there by, uh, you know, in response to maybe a Carl Fredericks and Jeff Cobb match. So they're building some things up there. Both shows are only about 30 minutes. So if you find yourself uh, with a bit of time to spare and you really want some New Japan-ish kind of uh, for feel or flavor, it's 30 minutes. You can't really go wrong. And they even have a break in the middle to disinfect the ring even though this is pre-recorded <laughs> but there it is that was pretty much lines break collision and i don't think i'm gonna even i don't think i'm gonna go this deep on it every week but uh you know if it's this short and light and breezy and fun every week i'll probably check it out and i'll bring it up but i don't think we need to deep dive on it so we went from like a couple weeks ago going fuck that show to uh, maybe we'll mention it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I enjoyed the first episode. I watched it. However, you know, it it it's kind of a cross between indie wrestling and New Japan Pro Wrestling. Mm. Um, and there's a couple things that I like about it, a couple things I don't like. Uh, one of the things that kind of gets on my nerves is that it's the 16 by 16 ring as opposed to a 20 by 20, and it looks tiny. Um, so like to me, the ring look the, like when this, that's one of the big differences between the big time and wrestling and, uh, the small time indie stuff is the size of the ring. Most indie rings are, play. most indie rings are only 16 feet. Right. And so you're, yeah. you know, your major promotions are going to be 20 by 20 or in WCW, they had an 18 by 18 and it's a noticeable difference. It makes the wrestlers look much bigger when they're in the smaller ring. So, you know, when one of these guys like Jeff Cobb or TJP, if they show up in Osaka, Joe Hall in the 20 by 20 with the extra, you know, foot and a half of ring apron, like the real new, J new Japan ring, they're not going to look nearly as big, but in a way that's kind of, that's the way it should be. You know what I mean? You got to learn how to look big in the new Japan ring. So, um, so that's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> the wrestling style was fine. I, you know, I don't think there was anything really spectacular, but uh, I will tell you that I've seen Filthy Tom Lawler in person um, at least once, maybe more than once, and uh, he's a very good wrestler. He's uh, he's like perfect for New Japan because he's just you know he's just stiff ski the wrestler. So oh, you know um, <clears throat> he he'll do a great job as a guy that they can kind of 
push and and you know if if they turn him heel for example he would be a really great heel um what do you think of of carl fredericks is it fredericks or fredrickson fredericks all right so here's what i think if you're a young lion you're you're in black trunks right and no haircut black trunks you just you know that's that's what you have to wear so i think sometimes when your leashes come off and you're allowed to dress yourself up and get a haircut and give yourself a bit of a flair. Uh, I think some young lions go a little berserk. Uh, I think Carl Fredericks may have done that and that's fine. It's still in the early days of him no longer being a young lion. So he's got plenty of, he's a young, young, young guy. He's got plenty of time to kind of find himself and tune up uh, everything that he needs to tune up. So there's no real worry there, but he does sort of have, this, well, I don't know, I guess the way to describe it was, I don't know, better way to say it, except maybe reminiscent of maybe like the Indian guy from the village people or something like that. Yeah, um, he's got a lot of tassels and, and this like yeah. earring and, and he kept putting the earring on and off and stuff. I don't know. I, you know, I, like you said, it's something that maybe he'll change over time because right now it's not really hitting with me. He's allowed to dress himself now, so he just went a bit berserk. That's all. Uh, <laughs> that's great uh, i can i can totally understand that like you're only allowed to wear this okay now you can wear other colors really <laughs> yeah so uh i don't, I don't mind so uh, it'll be good to see his growth in the future uh we'll probably be seeing him a lot on lion's break collision because as i said he might not be a young lion anymore but there's really nowhere to excursion to uh, at the moment because of, yeah, COVID. I guess uh, everyone have a shot of coffee or whiskey or whatever the hell you're drinking every time I have to mention like COVID. Oh. <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So are you ready? I think, yeah. I think everyone listening is like, shut up about young lions and talk about the bloody New Japan Pro wrestling shows that were on that well, were so eager I to... have, I have yeah. one more thing, though, Luke. One more uh, thing before we get to it, okay? Building suspense. I, it's, it's Kojima, you know, Mr. <gasps> Brett himself. So uh, he he has a great tweet here, and I just wanted to read this. And it's it has to do with the, uh, you know, the rules about cheering. So uh, it says, wait, excuse me, it reads, Osaka Castle Tournament ends. The rule... I can't support you out loud was very frustrating, but a lot of applause removed it. I didn't think I would like to know the value of my customers again in this career. I was really happy. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah. it's adorable. <laughs> it is adorable. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, he's basically saying he didn't think that he'd ever get to wrestle in front of fans again. And he got to, and how fucking great is that? Yep. Yeah, uh, <laughs> customers though. Uh, there's a definitely a translation thing there. I don't know uh, unless they do call them customers. I don't know that they technically are because they buy tickets yeah, and they go to they the might. show. They're customers. They might. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's it's an odd way to describe fans though, but that's all right. Uh, that was <laughs> no mention of bread. Yeah, uh, 
It's disappointing. I, I think that, you know, I mean, maybe he's donating his bread to, you know, folks that need it. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> just, it. it's, <laughs> it's devastating, you know, to not see him talk about bread, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll keep, we'll keep our eye on him, you know, and we'll, we'll make sure that Kojima's around uh, every, every time we have an episode, just so we can kind of keep up with Mr. Brett. That's right. Okay. All right. So now, Drum roll. Finally. Yes, here we go. So night nine of the New Japan Cup. It is the finals. Uh, last episode, we were talking about what the cards could be. And I did. This is probably the only time anything I predicted this week actually was right. I said the first night would be mostly preview-ish kind of matches. And then the second night would have your title matches, etc. So that's generally what happened. That's the only thing I've predicted that actually was correct. And that's fine. I don't mind being kept on my toes. So here we go. First match, we have Yoda Suji, uh, Uramura, and they are versing Makabe and Honma. So Togi Makabe and uh, and uh, Tomaaki Honma. And all right. We kind of know what we're going to get here. It's two young lions versus uh, two two old guys here. But, you know, there's a nice spear by Suji. And there's a great double drop kick in the move, in the match there by uh, both lads. But, you know, bridging bridging German by Markabe. There you go. He doesn't need his uh, King Kong knee drop or anything like that to win. It's only young lions. But, uh, you know, bridging German by Markabe on Yuramura for the win. Not really much to say there, but uh, except for the crowd was really happy to be back and they get into Young Lions matches. You know, they the fans understand the whole system, what it's there for. So, you know, if we have jobber matches, I guess in American wrestling, the crowd can be a bit quiet for it. But you know, we've got a crowd here starved. For being at New Japan live shows and things like that, so they'll clap it away, and they'll enjoy themselves. So, unless you got something to add for the opening match, I'm happy to. Just yep. one, one real quick thing. Um, you know, matches like these are important, and a lot of mm-hmm. people don't like them for whatever reason. But you know, it's important for a young lion to stand up to Makabe in particular. He's one of those guys that will have feuds with young lions and that shit's so important you know we've seen that with nakanishi and yuji nagata and guys like that will have these kind of minor feuds with uh with a, a young lion where the young lion will never win but he'll get put over huge because he almost wins you know and then they gain the respect and then they move on um the other quick thing is that something i don't think we've mentioned yet is that in new japan a tag match is the standard match in america yeah a singles matches, but in, in uh, new Japan singles matches are special and they're either called special singles match or, you know, whatever the, the thing oh, is nice. like, for example, championship match or finals or whatever. So, you know, it, you know, if you're wondering why there's so many of these tag matches, that's why that's the standard new Japan match. Yep. And I, I have mentioned this before, but it also gives everybody an opportunity to wrestle everybody. So when yes. they are doing their special matches or the big matches, 
everyone has a bit of a rapport with everyone already. So that's, uh, that's always a good thing. So there you have that. And the next match, we have Mr. Bread himself, Satoshi Kojima, and uh, Hiroshi Tenzan versus Gabriel Kidd and Hiroki Goto. So one thing you know about this match going forward is uh, Tenkozy is going to win, which makes Andrew very happy because that means even though he's not getting pinned, Hiroki Goto is going to lose. Yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, Goto is down at the bottom of the card, right where he belongs. So I'm happy about that, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's an all right, all right match. I I like a bit of fire from Gabriel Kidd. He's getting up into Kojima's face, I think, at one point as well, which is good. But uh, a lariat from uh, the big arms of bread. They're like, his arms are like big, chunky, oversized baguettes of death. <laughs> and lariat onto Gabriel Kidd is all it needs. All he needs, sorry, I don't know why I said that. All he needs. Uh, Kojima, Kojima, though, lariats are one of his things that he's known for as well. So he didn't quite chomp out Kidd, but, you know, that's all right. So Gabe, uh, Gabriel Kidd eats the pin here. And there we go. Anything you want to add to that, apart from your happiness that uh, Goto is in the second match of the night and he loses? Uh, No, because what comes next is something we've all been waiting for. Oh, dude, I'm so happy with this match because I I remember Twitter being like, what? (laughs) Accurate. Very accurate. And I was tweeting things like, I really like the blue. I like his theme music. Uh, I wasn't sure about the name or anything like that, but uh, I was willing to to wait. And everyone was like, oh, Dalky. Oh, big fucking deal, Dalky. But, you know, it, it, this match did exactly what we wanted it to. It showcased Master Wato and what he can do in the ring. And it turns out, Masawato got some moves. What did you think of him? I thought this was a spectacular opening match, and it's just like what we talked about last week, where we were talking about how he's going to start running through Suzuki-Goon, the lower card guys. It's a perfect place for him to start. Um, you know, this was level one, as you said, I think. And, yep. uh, man, you know, I think that the fact that Dookie could be a good base for him because we found out that Master Wado is a lucha. Um, he's just like he looks. He's a lucha martial arts gimmick. That's what it is. So it's kind of both things at the same time. And in that case, you want someone who's a good base, um, you know, for these kinds of high flippy moves and stuff like that. And man, Master Wado, he's got the flippy and the floppy. It's he is all over the place. And man. I was highly impressed, and I was excited, too, about the restraint that he showed as well. You know, they didn't show you everything he can do, but he did a lot of cool shit in this match. Oh, yeah. And I think Doki is also a a good first opponent for Wato because uh, Doki was wrestling in Mexico for quite a long time, too. So, you know, I think they picked his first opponent pretty good. Is it a glorified jobber match? Yeah. But it wasn't about Doki losing again. 
This match was about showcasing what Master Wado can do in the ring. And I think he shut a lot of people up because uh, I thought he was pretty fucking badass. Uh, some really cool strikes, some really cool uh, luchador kind of moves. So I like him. And after the match, it is this first match, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, mind you, he's a baby face you can kind of root for too. So the crowd was getting behind Wato. Big time. Uh, yeah. he, done, he did this uh, kind of uh, power bomb. You, you know how that power bomb position is, you know, head between the legs, lift up. He lifted him up and then kind of threw him back into some sort of flapjack, which I thought looked pretty dope. Uh, so Wato wins. And you know, that's not it. Because, that's not all. Because I think it was uh, this first night, Katamaru comes straight out to lay a beat down on Master Wado. And then uh, Hiroyoshi Tenzin comes out to not only ward off Suzuki-gun, but also go, hey, Master Wado's pretty cool. You know, to give him that 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 kind of rub. Uh, I really like Tenzin. I kind of wish I saw a lot of his uh, in his prime work because... I think I would like it a lot. I think I, I you know, I, I really like him. He's a, he's a very unselfish dude, and he's, you know, he's pretty fun, even though he's in the wind down portion of his career. So uh, I like that kind of rub. I really like this match with Master Wado. It's short, but showcases everything that we want. <clears throat> so after that, our fourth match is Lij versus Bullet Club. We have Bushi and Sonata. This is Taiji Ishimori and Yichiro Takahashi. And, yeah, we, we're getting some surprises here because uh, Yichiro's been picking up some wins lately, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're heating him up, you know. And um, it's so funny that people, I you know, I'll say it every, I'll say this so many times on this show over the next whatever, how many years we do this, is that, People always underestimate New Japan wrestlers, especially guys like Yujiro Takahashi, who's kind of been a joke for the past couple of years. But he can go. Most of these guys can go. And so it's great to see that. And they're heating up Yujiro for something. And, and the other thing that's amazing about this is that, you know, we're going to talk uh, more later about the faction system and how effective it can be as a booking tool if yep. used properly, uh, you know, with consistency and well thought out, uh, you know, storylines. Um, it's uh, it's amazing because we have some really awesome faction stuff coming up. And this also makes Bullet Club stronger as a cohesive unit. And, and you really and need to do that right now with Bullet Club. <laughs> I, 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 I I'm not I'm not ragging on him, but uh, almost all, no offense to Ishimori, but almost all of their heavy hitters are overseas. Uh, so they they have a depleted bullet club, and it, it kind of makes sense to uh, pull the trigger uh, somewhat on on Yujiro Takahashi, Pimpy. So. That's good. It's it's nice. Uh, he uh, does the pimp juice on Bushi, and Bullet Club win. So there's we've said a cut last couple of weeks that New Japan can pull the trigger on almost anyone, and there was some trigger pulling this weekend uh, in minor minor ways, uh, small smaller ways, not minor. 
in smaller ways, like uh, with here with uh, Yujiro Takahashi, and also in bigger, bigger ways, <laughs> which we will <laughs> definitely get to very soon. Yeah, it, it, it's um, it's a good match. Uh, I know Bushi's <coughs> in it, and Bushi is very pinnable, but so is Yujiro. So I thought it was either going to be a Sonata finish or a Ishimori finish. I was, I was wrong. So there you go. I like it. Yes, sir. And uh, we've got our fifth match here. It's eight-man tag team action. A bit of a, a, a preview here. Uh, we've got uh, Ryusuke Taguchi, Yuji Nagata, Kota Ibushi, and Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru, El Desperado, Zack Sabre Jr., and Tai Chi. Uh, my theory is that Katamaru's role for this night was probably just to run out and beat the shit out of Wato. But, you know, I think Suzuki definitely would have been in this match had he been here. And it, 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 he's noticeable, noticeable by his absence, but that does, doesn't mean this is a bad match at all. This is mostly a tournament setup match between the Golden Ace and the Dangerous Techers. So, uh, what do you think of this one? Uh, I th- look, I know LIJ is usually really good, but I love long, uh, long-ish. It wasn't too long a match, but I like tag eight-man tags with Taguchi because I really like some of the team antics that he brings to the table. Yeah, he's the coach. And, um, you know, I mean, so we had him being him. Uh, you know, we had the two tag teams facing off, and then we had Yuji Nagata all fucking pissed off because he didn't get his match. And so somebody's going to pay for that. And oh, yeah. a good chunk of this match was him just pissed off, screaming and kicking people. So uh, I was all about that. As I've said before, Yuji Nagata has more fire in him than half the, you know, Western baby face roster of the wrestling world. And uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm so happy that he didn't get his match because he's going to be even more pissed. And when these guys finally do fight, it's going to be even more insane than what we've seen. Absolutely. Now, as a, uh, another thing about uh, doing some uh, mo- uh, minor trigger pulling is I reckon Gato must have seen the Des- El Desperado Ishii match and thought, wow, all right. And because uh, there's a bit of fire behind uh, El Desperado, which we'll get into even more in the second night. But he's, uh, he's chalking up. I know we lost in the tournament, but ever since he's been chalking up a few wins, we've been seeing the Pinche Loco quite a bit lately. And he uh, puts the fucking crazy on Ryusuke Taguchi for the win. So they're making El Desperado look strong. Uh, I'm all for that because I think he's great. He's one of your favorite guys, isn't he? Uh, uh, he's got the coolest name. El Desperado is a really cool name. I, I like it. Yeah, I like him. He's great. Yeah. Uh, you're like you're one of the only people I ever that hear like, man, yeah, I like El Desperado because a lot of people don't like him because of his heel tactics. They don't see that that in him. You know, they don't see him as this amazing wrestler because a lot of the Susie, Suzuki gun stuff is just you know, bullshit uh, brawling on the outside. So, but I mean, just just yeah. like we're saying about all these other guys, he's amazing. I'll say both him and Yoshinobu Kanemaru won me over when they had their really long uh, junior tag team run. That was great. I thought they were great. Yes, they're heels and they do lots of heel stuff, but they can go. So 
you know, I really want to see yeah, 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 know, Wato versus Katamaru because I know they're building that. And I want to see what they're doing with, uh, with El Desperado as well. So that's pretty cool. And, you know, you've got your shenanigans here in this match with uh, ZSJ and Tai Chi and Kota Ibushi and Hiroshi Tanahashi as well. And, by the way, by the time this match finished, Tai Chi still had his pants on. So, all right. Did not expect that. Twitter was devastated. They were so upset. (laughs) I was like, oh, the match is over. Oh, shit. Tai Chi's got his pants still on. All right. Fair enough. (laughs) <laughs> and now we've got a, uh, another kind of a preview match here for, for the next night. We've got Sho Toriyanu and Tomohiro Ishii versus Hiromu Takahashi, Shingo Takagi, and Tetsuya Naito. So this match is mostly a Sho Shingo preview. In fact, uh, this goes to what you, you've been saying on the show where uh, if you've got two guys in a feud, they unless they're jerk-off heels like Bullet Club guys, they'll want to start off the match, and that's what happens. So Sho and Shingo look at their, their tag partners and like, no, I've got this, I've got this. So they start off the match. Yeah, it's it's a preview. It's previews galore. It, it's really cool. And there's no one in this mat, in this six-man that's really pinnable. You know what I mean? Like, in, in maybe in an LIJ tag match, you've got Bushi. So maybe it'd be Bushi that gets pinned or or, uh, or something like that. You know, some of the lower tier guys. But there's no one quite low tier in this match. But I guess the, the guy who can keep losing and always bounce back because he's always a threat is Yano. And he gets rolled up by Naito. Luke, do you look at wrestling as kind of a puzzle to figure out? You know, because, like, a lot of times when you're reviewing these matches and we talk about it, it's, uh, well, who can be pinned and how is this going to work and all that? And Mm -hmm. it's almost like we're looking at it like this puzzle where all the pieces go in and we don't know necessarily what the picture is. But the more we learn and the more little pieces that we see get fit, the more it makes sense. And just, uh, you know, one quick diatribe here is that, what's amazing about new Japan in almost every way. And is that the, the, when the puzzle is done being made, it's still missing a few pieces, but you can tell what the picture is and they all fit in the right spots. And so, you know, sometimes, uh, in, you know, we're watching other companies and we're trying to figure out what's going on and we're trying to put that puzzle together. And the picture that they're trying to make is, you know, of a donkey pooping on uh, a carpet or something. It doesn't make any sense, you know? And so that's something I love so much about New Japan is that they're, the puzzle pieces fit right where they're supposed to go in ways that you don't expect. Well, here we go, because not only was this match a, a bit of a puzzle, but it was a, I was looking at the wrong puzzle or I was putting the pieces together in a completely wrong way. There's been a story in this tournament about a certain man, a man that uh, we both looked past last week in our predictions, didn't we? Yep. No offense to to this man. He is awesome. Uh, and he's had an awesome couple of main events. Let's talk about the first one, though. 
It's Kazuchika Okada versus Evil in a pretty long 30-minute match. Uh, I loved this match. I thought it was awesome. I had to watch it twice. Uh, and that's because I'm watching it the first time and I've got this kind of relaxed feeling about it because I'm like, this will be good, but eh, Carter's winning this, you know, to set up the uh, the continuation of the Okada Naito story. So I'm just like, all right, I'm 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 ready for, I've, I've embraced, I'm embrace, I'm bracing myself, I'm ready for this Okada win, and then uh, and then some shady shit starts to happen, and I don't just mean evil being. Uh, evil as he has been in this tournament. I mean Gato coming out and and Yijiro to interfere in the match. So Evil is in LIJ and you got two Bullet Club guys coming out. I didn't think much of it because Gato and Okada, you know, Gato's revenge that, that you know they have that this whole big feud going on since Gato betrayed him and joined Switchblade. So I didn't think anything was too remiss there. I'm not sure if you did either, but it's all there. Yeah, yeah, the pieces are all there. We just, you know, it, this was such a great surprise. Um, the match is fantastic. It's your standard, amazing main event Okada match. You know, uh, at the same time, it's not about Okada. That's one of the reasons I love this match so yep. much is it's not fucking about Okada. It's about evil. And, um, you know, it's, it's, we've been waiting for this for a long time. And, and, uh, evil is one of the few guys that's pinned Okada, I think more than once. So, you know, uh, seeing him win this wasn't a surprise as far as that goes, but how he won and what it led to is the huge, huge surprise, you know, because we know in new Japan, you're going to get a finish. It's not like the United States or whatever where, oh, well, then, the you know, it'll be someone interferes and it's a DQ and then it's a triple threat at the next one. You know, it's not like that. It's it's almost always you have a finish. And so that finish is the, another piece of this puzzle. And um, gosh, what a finish. Outstanding match. It's kind of, you know, evil at the top of his game. And Okada doing some of the things that he does the best. Some of the kickouts were just outstanding oh, his yes. selling was out of control i mean okada was bumping all over the place and you know just making evil look fucking evil as shit it, it was a really cool match uh i know some people on twitter really hate when big matches have uh, run-ins or cheating but i think it works because i still think the match quality was top-notch it and it told a fantastic story Oh, excuse me, uh, nearly burped into the mic. That would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the story told here was fantastic. You've got uh, Gato and Yujiro uh, doing a run-in. Then you've got uh, Evil doing his his shtick with uh, chairs, low blows galore. Uh, I will say Evil is uh, might be the only person I've watched since I started New Japan Pro Wrestling who has pinned Okada twice. Uh, so there you go. Uh, the only other person I can think of who's done that. Oh, he switchblade. So there you go. Yeah. 
maybe uh, Tanahashi too, you yeah. know, but, but it's, it, it's those top tier guys, you know, which yeah. is so when Okada's getting pinned, he doesn't get pinned for no fucking reason. He oh, gets no. pinned for a very specific, important reason. And man, can't wait to talk about it. Luke, what happened after the match? What happens after the match is Evil gets on the mic, pretty much calls out Naito. So Naito comes out with both belts. He lays them down in the ring. Naito puts his fist up. Evil puts his fist up as well. Does a quick too sweet. Then the everything is evil STO takedown on Naito and Bullet Club start walking down the ramp. And you're just like, wait, what? I know they helped him, but that's because they hate Okada. Wait, what? Is this happening? Oh, yeah. It's happening. It's something that New Japan doesn't do often. So when it does happen, it's fucking huge. And we've had a big betrayal. Evil has joined the fucking Bullet Club. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's It all makes so much sense, though. Ever since uh, New Japan's returned... Everyone except Evil in LIJ has been pushed as a mega babyface. You know, especially Hiromu and Naito. Um, you know, they are mega babyfaces. So it makes so much sense for this to happen. And nobody saw it coming. You know, uh, it, it's just one of those things that what came out of nowhere was probably something they've had planned for a long time. And it makes such great sense to do it now because who knows? when foreigners will be allowed back in Japan to wrestle. So, you know, your top heels are gone, you know, yep. Kenta and, and switchblade. Those are your top guys uh, on the, you know, on the wrong side of good. And so having, you know, you just made a top heel. He fucking in two minutes, he pinned Okada and, and took out the champion in two minutes. You know um, it's that kind of thing when we talk about booking and we talk about how important that is, that's an example of how a, a segment and a match can make an individual in a way that you takes years to work on. And we're going to talk about later on some of the amazing storytelling uh, uh, beats in this story that have taken years to pay off. And it's just, it just is unreal because they've known they were going to do this and, and they may have wanted to do it a year ago or maybe they were planning on doing it in two years, but they figured this is the perfect time and we've already set this up. Let's knock it down. You're right. Uh, out of all the factions, Bullet Club, and I mean no disrespect to all uh, of the Bullet Club members that are around in New Japan right now, but it looked a bit of chumpy. You know, like uh, they, they did not look like a threat. So what you really needed to do was to give them a heavy hitter, you know, someone big. And I don't mean just big in, in, in size. I mean, someone, you know, a big name. You needed you need to give them, uh, in effect, uh, a leader at the moment. Yes. So yes. this was absolutely fucking amazing. I I was kind of relaxed watching the match, and I was like, STO, holy shit, one, two, and I'm waiting for that 2.99999 kick out. Three. <laughs> what? And then, too sweet, STO on night. So, what? <laughs> holy shit. 
Oh my god! Because look, we've already had a few uh, Okada Naito matches very recently, or well, as recent even as uh, the Tokyo Dome in uh, Wrestle Kingdom. And I guess Lij versus Lij in the final, you'd always think that all right, well, the leader of Lij is going to beat his uh, his teammate, right? Well, so, and, and but but now it's boring. not Lij versus Lij. Now it's Bullet yeah. versus Lij. And now anything can happen. And that's, I thought that's a that, boring story. Lij versus Lij is boring. This is not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. I want to talk more about this, but I we need to talk about the main event of uh Dominion first because uh yeah. And look, this happened in Osaka. Uh, they don't quite rhyme, but whenever Kelly Kevin Kelly goes, "It's a shaka in Osaka." It kind <laughs> of works. Uh I I did a few tweets that night about will we get a shaka in Osaka? Uh yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we will. <laughs> well, Luke, Luke, this is the end of the New Japan Cup yep. and kind of the, you know, the last stepping stone before the giant climax here of the first run of New Japan after COVID. What, how do you think that the, the New Japan Cup was, was? And, you know, do you have a favorite match? I think it was awesome. Now, uh, all the matches in it, top quality must watch, oh my gods. No. Uh, and I also think, to, in terms of the roster they had, they did wonderfully in terms of uh, making it work. Uh, my favourite matches of the tournament are definitely going to be uh, Hiromu Ishii, uh, Ishii El Desperado, uh, Yuji Nagata versus Minaro Suzuki. Uh, but, and... I know, yes, there's cheating shenanigans and shit in it as well, but I'm going to put the New Japan Cup final in that list as well because I thought that was fucking awesome, surprising, great storytelling. Uh, there's a twist. It, I can't do a list of top matches in the tournament without mentioning that. Uh, I thought it was... Absolutely wonderful. And I think those are my picks for a lot of my favorite matches in the tournament. Though uh, I will also add Yano versus Hiromu as well for really good uh, comedy factor and uh, really good kind of finish for that one too. What about you? Well, I would echo your sentiments, and the only match that I would kind of add to that list that I'll probably go back and watch again one day is Ibushi versus Taichi. I really like that one, and yeah. I thought that was a lot of fun. So that might be one I go back and watch in the future. I would definitely recommend folks check that out. But, you know, this was, I mean, this was an, a, a, an amazing uh, emotional journey over the past couple weeks, and, you know, the fact that it's ended with fans in the crowd at this amazing, you know, pinnacle highlight of, of this, uh, this crazy twist and your emotions are being played with and everything. I think that it would be really hard to figure out how they could have done better um, other than maybe 
maybe have a couple more like amazing high-end quality matches. Other than that, I don't really see how they could have done this much better. Um, you know, if you guys have ideas on what you think would have been better and stuff like that, you know, tweet at us. So, or send that email because that email definitely exists. Yep. So I'll also say, going back to Master Wato, he might be the first person I can think of during the COVID era to debut in front of fans. And I don't and I mean debut in the ring in a wrestling match. Uh, I know he came out the week before on a non-fan night just to go, hey, I'm back. I'm here. Uh, you know, I'm going to kick ass. This is standard, you know, uh, return kind of promo. But his first debut match was in front of fans. Uh, I'm not keeping up too heavily with uh, the WWE. I know they have fans in their shows right now, but I don't know if they had a major debut happen in front of them. So I can't speak to that, but I, I do watch uh, All Elite each week and they've had some amazing debuts in the last few months. None of them have been in front of fans. So uh, it was a bit of a novelty here to see uh, Master Wato actually... You know, there won't be any mystery about how will people in the live crowd respond to Master Wato. Now we know. Yeah, and and he did great. You know, uh, that could have been so goofy, and it turned out to be awesome. I can't wait to see what the further adventures of Master Wato are. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it too. I, I remember him first coming out for his promo. Everyone's like, ha ha ha!" After this weekend, they're like. I want okay. to see more of this guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right. So here we are. Dominion. Uh, Dominion's got a special place in my heart. My first Dominion, I was on a holiday in Europe and it was on during the daytime. And, you know, we wanted to go out and do touristy things, but I uh, managed to convince uh, Charity to, hey, let's watch Dominion. It's like their second biggest show of the year. And that's the, that's the Dominion where Kenny Omega beat uh, Okada for the title. After Akata had had the longest title reign in New Japan history. So Dominion's always got a bit of a special place in my heart. This is one of the most undercooked cards for a Dominion. And I don't blame them for this because usually there's more title matches and things like that. But this is the day after the tournament. They've had less time to build and set up things. So, yeah, it's a bit tag teamy. Uh, the first half of Dominion will feel like your standard uh, kind of New Japan show. And there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, they do make up for it big time with the second half. But let's get into this first half because we've got uh, Gabriel Kidd, Tomoaki Homa, and Togi Makabe versus Ryusuke Taguchi, Yuji Nagata, and the bread man, Satoshi Kojima. And... I guess uh, matches like this are easy puzzles because you, you look at the lineup and you're like, well, well, Gabriel Kidd's going to get pinned. And uh, he doesn't. He submits. But <laughs> <laughs> And this is this is a nice, fun match to start off with because you got Taguchi and he's fun as always. Uh, Kojima's a good time. Nagata's a badass. And, I, you know, I like I like Makabe and Homer as well. So this was fun. It wasn't a bad way to open up your, your show and uh, Nagata lock on Gabriel Kidd and there's your finish there. Not too much to say unless you've got anything to add to that. 
Only thing I would say about this one is if you go back and watch it, just just watch Taguchi the whole match. He's mm. just he's so great in this match, and like he's so fun. And uh, you know, Taguchi is a joke until he isn't, and that's you know kind of his character. And he's just I love Taguchi. He's so great. Yep. All right. So the second match we have uh, Yota Suji, Taru Yanu, and Tomohiro Ishii versus Bushi, Hiromu Takahashi, and Sanada. Uh, yeah. Sometimes in New Japan, you want more story. So, uh, you know, I guess that's me coming from mostly a Western wrestling background. I guess if you were listening to the commentary, they might be uh, speculating and talking about uh, the, the evil stuff. I guess if uh, anyone watching this a couple of days later with the English commentary, they might get more insights and stuff there. But uh, apart from maybe. Their demeanor when they come out, this is just, it is still a standard tag team match. And when Hiromu's in a ring with a young lion, I've noticed that he'll chomp him out with a Boston crab. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this is what he does. <laughs> yeah, we had a little bit of uh, stuff between him and Yano too. It was a, it, this match was almost like the story of this one was Hiromu conquering his fear and proving to Yano that he doesn't, he's not scared of him anymore. You know, even though they, he had already won, they still had a little bit of that stuff left over in this match. And Hiromu was like, yeah, I don't care if you cut my hair. Yep. He's got, uh, he's got more important shit going on right now as well. All right. So our third match, we have Yuya Uramura, Master Wato and uh, Hiroshi Tenzan. Versus Daoki, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and El Desperado. So you kind of know where this match is going. Yes, Uramura is probably going to eat a pin. But that's, the match is not about that. Uh, Tenzan dared come out on behalf of Master Wato last night. And Suzuki Gun's not fucking happy about that at all. They want to beat this noob up. And then they want to beat this old guy up too. So that's pretty much the uh, the focus of uh, of this match. I really liked this because we see a little more of what Master Watu can do. And if he's showing any nerves, I don't notice it because he is really, really cool. Yeah, yep. I, I agree. This, I mean, that's what this match is all about. Just giving us a little more peek at what he's doing and showing him stand up to these Suzuki Goon guys. Yep. So we're setting, uh, definitely setting up some Kanemaru Wato action sometime in the future. But uh, the Suzuki Goon tag match matches have been going a certain way over the last three weeks, uh, three weeks or so, which is Pinche Loco. So the fucking crazy on Uramura, and match is over. There we have it. So there you go. Uh, they're definitely booking El Despi strong, which is cool. So, you know, you've got a, a couple people there. Look, they've cooked up a few people this tournament, I will say. Yujiro's yes. uh, one of them. Uh Yes, he got eliminated in the first round, but he's been picking up some wins and he's been looking a good bit, bit strong. El Desperado is another one. Yes, he lost the first round, but um, he's been looking really good lately too. Pinche Loco is all round. Uh, tai Chi, 
is being booked really strong because he beat both fucking Tanahashi and Ibushi. That's a big deal. And also, uh, of course, well, evil. So, you know, they're, they're, uh, I think they're all heels, those wrestlers I, I listed as well. So they're, they need that. They need to build up some of these heels that might have been more um, mid-card or undercard guys to kind of step up. And from what I'm seeing, they're stepping the fuck up. And I really appreciate that. And I, really, uh, I think it shows. So we got a uh, another match. And I'm, I see, the, I see the, the, this tag match and I'm like, all right. Well, Andrew was happy the previous night. So let's disappoint him the second night. No. Let's make him happy again. So we've got Hiroki Goto versus Okada. F versus Okada. What the fuck am I talking about? Hiroki Goto and Kazuchika Okada versus Taiji Ishimori and Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, I took a, you know, I was a little relaxed for this one as well. Why do I relax during Okada matches? I've really got to st- stop doing that because I guess he's just so used to him winning. That sometimes, and I know his match quality is amazing, but sometimes you're just like, oh, he's just winning this, and you just just resign yourself to it. You know what I mean? Yes. And, well, his his move set kind of you know allows you to relax like that too, because once he starts hitting those drop kicks and you know and starts doing his comeback and he hits the pile driver, you're like, oh, this is over. And yeah. so. You know, if he starts doing that stuff, it's like the five moves of doom for John Cena. You're like, fuck, here we go again. And so, uh, you know, it's kind of fun, though, when you get the other side of this. And, man, you're right. I love this match. Not necessarily for the, uh, you know, the in-ring action, which was very good, but for the result. This result was awesome. Yep. We have a pimp juice on Hiroki Goto. Yeah. And one, two, three. And for Yujiro to pin... Hiroki Goto, even though he has no title or something like that, and despite Andrew's feelings towards Goto, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really cool finish. It's a surprising one. It's one I think we need more. Uh, you know, Goto can handle a couple of losses and it won't affect him, but Yujiro and Bullet Club needed it because we need to make this team a threat again because, uh, you know, as I said, they're depleted as fuck right now. So I, I really really appreciated that finish it was it was really cool it was a nice little surprise and we are in osaka so that could lead you in a false sense of security going oh shit we've had our shocker in osaka already then all right cool uh no no we haven't (laughs) man this is when the show picks up steam and turns from a regular just kind of wrestling show to that next level New Japan show that you're expecting on these big shows. So most Dominions or that I've seen are like the second, most are mostly, most of the time like the second half of this show. But you've got COVID, a shorter time window to build and book. So what do you do? You do your, your, you do your fallback stuff, which is uh, tag matches and previews and, and shit like that, which... It's absolutely fine because you, you you will quickly forget about that when the title matches start because now this feels like the second biggest show of the year uh, because the next three matches are all fucking awesome. Now, uh, this isn't my match of the night, believe it or not. 
but I absolutely loved it, every second of it. I was in heaven. I wasn't as loudly tweeting as usual because I was just like, everyone shut the fuck up. Show and Shingo are fighting. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, this is a never-open title match. You and I get really excited for these. It's Shingo Takagi versus Show. It's a 20 minutes of heaven for me. Uh, hard-hitting, hard-hitting strikes, uh, lariats, suplexes, fucking galore, power bombs. Oh, this match was fucking never as fuck. I loved every second of it. It, it hit me. These it hit me right in the sweet spot. It uh, it did turn the show around. Oh, but can I just go on a? No, no, I don't need to go on that quick change. I'll talk about it in the in the main event. Just, okay. just you. Just I was just going to go off on how uh, the crowd was abiding by the rules until the end of. Uh, Yes. New Japan main event where they were just like, fucking boo! <laughs> so there you go. Uh, when uh, the Japanese crowds get emotional, they will break the rules. God damn it. But yes, I loved every single second of this match. They A lot of never open matches that I've watched don't have slow starts. They just go right to it. Uh, and I think... Uh, that's because of the style of the Never Open Way title as well. And I also think uh, Never Open Way title matches are not usually the longest of the title matches because of the hard hitting nature of them. But what you do get in all these matches are a big bang for your buck. This match was, yeah, I've said it a couple of times already, Andy. What do you think? <laughs> well, it, you know, it doesn't get much more hard hitting than this. You know, I mean, they, they were in fifth gear this whole match. Um, yeah. And there was a spot in this match where typically this is what you might call the boo yeah spot in a wrestling match where, you know, they've, they've, it's maybe the third or fourth act of the match. They've kind of beaten the shit out of each other. They're exhausted, but they stand face to face and they just start crushing each other with blows back and forth. And sometimes that happens at the beginning of a match. It, this happened throughout this match, but there was one time in particular where they started throwing these haymaker lariatos at each other. And, you know, there's, you know, of course, wrestling's a work, you know, they're, they're trying not to kill each other, of course. However, you could tell there was a little machismo going on here where it's like, oh, okay, you're going to hit me real hard. Well, I'm going to hit you so hard that you're, you know, you're going to lose a year off your life. And like these guys were, clotheslining each other out of each other's shoes, but then they'd no sell it. So they were just hitting each other so hard and just standing there and taking it. I don't know that I've seen that before in quite that, you know, that hard of, uh, of working or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it was really, really, really stiff. And like you said, tons of power moves, um, you know, shows plan was to kind of take out the lariat, but man, it, it's, Takagi's not going to let you do that. And even though his arm was about to fall off, he was still throwing these haymakers. And, you know, it doesn't get much more physical than this. It doesn't get much more stiff than this in pro wrestling. And I think that no matter what the result was, both these guys proved that they could be somebody that they could just pull the trigger on at any time, you know, uh, for any belt. And, man... Uh, if I was going to recommend a match from, from this weekend, if you don't know anything about the stories and you don't really care about that part, 
It would be this one for sure. Yeah. Uh, I've been saying for weeks on the show and on Twitter that I love this feud between Sho and Shingo. I won't shut the fuck up about it. Uh, I don't think it's over. It'll probably put on the uh, back burner for a while, and that's fine because you don't want to have them continually wrestle each other all the time. That would be boring. You want to give them a break, then build up again, and then you, then, you know, all that kind of stuff, which is what New Japan does so well. They don't always give you the rematch you want very, very soon. They want to they want to build it up. They want to build the anticipation up. Yeah, you've already seen it, but you'll want to see it again, which is what they do here. Show is a fucking star. Uh, if uh, yeah, he... He's one half of the Super Junior Tag Title Champions with Yo. Yo is out injured, which means Sho, he's stepping up. He's, he's really stepping up his game. And, oh, man, if, if, if you don't, even though Last of the Dragon, Shingo Takagi does retain, but they make Sho look like to be a fucking beast in this match. And... If that you don't, the, when when he did that finish and and the way that show landed and sold that oh. finish, I he's fucking dead, man. I was like, Chicago had to kill him to pin him. <laughs> yeah. So when I started watching New Japan, I would see finishes that I was like, oh, really? That's what, what where you're going? Well, what the hell do you do with this character now? I felt like that when Switchblade lost the title. I thought, oh, that's too soon. Carter's got it again. What the hell do you do with Switchblade now? Well, it turns out there's heaps of shit you can do with Switchblade that uh, I didn't even think of. And he's, he's uh, 2019. Turned out to be pretty fucking dope, in my opinion. So, yes, show loses. But you got to remember, he's still one half of the Super Junior Tag Team title champions. They, If they're smart, they'll um, find some way to maybe move... I think Yo needs Show more than Show needs Yo, definitely. Yeah. But uh, they'll have something in store for Show, so th- it's definitely not the end of the road. But Shingo Takagi's journey as Never Open Champion will continue. And we already know now who his next challenger is, because at the end of this match, El Desperado strikes and does a bit of a beatdown on Shingo Takagi. And I'm really all right with that. They've been They've been setting up. El Desperado with the with the tag matches, and he put on a spectacular showing against Ishii. Uh, Ishii did not carry him. Like, it was a great back and forth. So, you know, we've se- we're seeing some fire from El Desperado. Is he still a heel piece of shit? Of course. But uh, I really want to see Shingo Takagi beat the shit out of him. So, yeah, there you go. His third defense looks like it will be against El Desperado. So, yes, please. Now, Luke, let me throw something in here because this is really important is that, you know, as I said at the beginning of this show, we are, you know, uh, they are working very hard in New Japan throughout all of these shows to get heat on LIJ. You know, we want them to be mega baby faces. So this show in Takagi, um, that feud had to end for that to happen because you're not going to turn yep. show you're not going to do that with him. Uh, you might do that with someone else, but you're not going to do that with him. So this has to end 
so that we can get heat on uh, on Shingo. And so the immediate beatdown right after, I was like, oh my God, that's that's awesome because we've seen Hiromu turn into one of the biggest baby faces you know, in the company. Now we're going to see Takagi do the same thing. And who knows? We may see that with other people as well. But I just thought that was such genius. And it also just shows you how much of an asshole Desperado is. He, of course, waited till uh, Shingo was completely unaware and was completely exhausted from beating the shit out of show, show for an hour, you know, or a half hour. So um, it just works on every level for every person involved. Yep. Uh, very happy with that. Excuse me. Uh, now, oh, we got another fantastic title match here we got hiroshi tanahashi and koto ibushi the golden ace versus the dangerous techers which is tai chi and zach saber jr i thought this match was fucking awesome as well uh wow wow like you don't need to make zach saber jr look strong he is strong like he's always a threat. You you put him in that ring. He's he's you you know what a fucking dangerous submission badass he is, right? But uh, this tournament wasn't about building him up. You don't need to build him up as a, a heel threat. He's he's there. He's up there already. Like he's already won a New Japan Cup. But what what uh, this tournament has been about for Tai Chi was about building him up to step up as a Big heel, because that's what we need in New Japan right now. Big heels. And so in the tournament, we had Tai Chi defeat both Tanahashi and Kota Ibushi, which is fucking huge, as I've already said. And here we are with the with this tag match. And I didn't I knew it could go either way. Uh, I would have been happy either way. I think I'm happier with the finish that we got which was super cool. This is a brutal match, by the way, especially if you're Hiroshi Tanahashi, poor motherfucker. Uh, he, he gets worked over so fucking big time in this. Like it was, I'm like, I'm like that little kid in that Simpsons episode, you know, make it stop. He's already dead. Uh, like just, there's a point in this match where Bushi's laying out, laid out somewhere. And Tai Chi has grabbed Hiroshi Tanahashi's arms behind his back. And Zack Sabre Jr. is just doing dragon screws. Non-stop dragon screws on both of Tanner's legs. Both of them. And you're just like, fuck. Ow. Oh. 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 Ow. So brutal, man. And you know that your brain's telling you, of course, that this man's leg is going to fall off. And, and your other part of your brain that knows about wrestling is saying, you know, his leg, It's I know it's bending the right way, but gosh, it sure doesn't look that way, does it? <laughs> it looks like they're breaking his leg. Unbelievable. I, I thought that uh, that move in particular they had done earlier. And, uh, and what you mentioned, too, is that Zack Sabre Jr. won that, uh, that New Japan Cup and he beat Tanahashi with it in the finals. Yeah. So, like, that's, you know, this whole story. Again, all these stories are all uh, things that have been going on for years. And, um, man, this this was – I it's so hard to pick a match of the night. But if you 
you know, if you care about the stories and you care about, you know, you like Tanahashi and Ibushi, this is one of the best tag matches you can see. It is just so awesome. Um, there's that crazy uh, part where they have, you know, the bad guys have uh, have the good guys in dual submissions in the middle of the ring, and yeah. the good guys fight back at the same time, like synchronized. It's, oh, it's so awesome. Yes. Uh, one thing I'm, that's taken me by surprise that I really, really love, like, all right, Zack Sabre Jr. and Suzuki were Rev Pro Tag Champs, right? So obviously you're just like, oh my God, that's a perfect tag team right there. They're going to kill in New Japan. Well, they rarely tag team together uh, as a duo. Uh, it's usually, you know, with other members of Suzuki going in six-man, eight-man tags. So we haven't quite gotten that tag team. What we got instead is Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. And you're just like, well, that's not as good. Uh, it's still really fucking good because they've taken this partnership and look, Zack Sabre Jr. has beaten Tanahashi a couple of times. I know he's also beaten uh, Bushi back in time a couple of times. You know, there's there's win-loss records on both sides with Zack Sabre Jr. and the other two men, whereas Tai Chi's win-loss record, probably a bit on the shitter side. So oh, definitely a smart move to make him look awesome which he does, and I am, I, over the uh, course of the, the tournament and this build, uh, Dangerous Tech has really brought me over. I really like this tag team. And you've got uh, Leg Screw, uh, Dragon Screw, Dragon Screw, Dragon Screw, Dragon Screw, Zack Driver, one, two, three. We have new tag team champions, which is the fucking douchebags of Tai Chi and Zack Sabre Jr. That, you could consider that match, that finish right there to be the shocker in Osaka, right? <laughs> that one. And you're just like, all right, we've had our shocker in Osaka. We can relax now. You better not fucking relax. <laughs> because we have what is a... Um, oh, this is an amazing match. I love the story. The storytelling between Tetsuya Naito and Evil is first rate. It's a it's it's a long match. So you know we got it's close to forty minutes long. Pretty typical for a main event uh, heavyweight title match length. You know uh, on the other side of thirty minutes rather than uh, you know under thirty. I absolutely love this story. It is both action-packed, awesome, heartbreaking, badass. It is so... Oh, my God. Like, Milano was devastated after night one, right? Oh, but you see you see him in the commentary thing. He's still got the little scythe that he, that he holds. So, you know, he's, he's, still, he's still behind evil, like... I think, you know, he, he's like, he hasn't fully given up on him. And then at some point during the match, Evil grabs the scythe, breaks it in half, and then uh, and then smacks Milano. And Milano just fucking goes ape shit, takes his headphones off and jumps over the fucking ropes, uh, over the ring, ring thing. And 
he doesn't really get a move in or anything like that because uh, I think Naito comes in for the save. But wow, that is some great storytelling because if you've been watching New Japan for any length of time, his, t- his Milano collection's two favorite wrestlers are Evil and Sonata. And one of them just portrayed him right to his fucking face. Wow, what a douchebag heel move. <laughs> Even well, by evil standards. Oh my God. <laughs> just like that scythe that he broke, all of our hearts were broken when we saw him Irish whip uh, Milano into the fucking guardrails and kill him, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. I just, that story. I was trying to track down when I first remember Milano starting to do that. And I'm thinking that was the G1 last year or the year before is when he started doing that. So, you know, again, the pieces have been in place for this puzzle for years. And it's, you know, it's just such a culmination. The things that happen in this match, storytelling wise, um, you know, there's a, a stocking heat spot that, uh, that, Naito always does where he picks a guy's a guy's laying flat on the ground with on his belly belly down and he picks up the guy's leg and spikes his knee into the mat and guess what evil's doing that shit to him he's showing Naito I taught you you taught me how to be an asshole and you know I'm gonna use everything you know against you and I'm um, an evil asshole (laughs) yes it is I, you know, it doesn't really get much better than this. And this is also one of those times where you get to see uh, Naito do what he does best, and that's sell. He sells oh, as yes. well as or better than Okada. And so you feel the sympathy for him. It, the, the match opens with him punishing evil. But, you know, eventually evil cheats to, to get a, uh, you know, an advantage. And then it is just evil beating the fucking shit out of him. I mean, what about that table spot, Luke? Oh, this, this is so awesome. All right. So you've got a table spot. You usually think, all right, pile driver or a power bomb or a suplex, something like that. No. Nah. So there's a spot in wrestling. Everyone's seen it. You, you grab someone by the leg. You lift, lift them up by their leg and you bring it down. On your leg, so some kind of fucking knee crusher kind of move, right? Well, Evil does this on the ring apron and drives Naito's knee right through the fucking table. And it was, oh, what a spot. It was amazing. It was brutal. Naito sells like a million dollars. And then Evil goes to grab some chairs and shit. And then Red Shoes picks up one of the broken halves of the table and holds it up going, uh-uh, no, hell no, you're not doing that with the chair. Get out of here. Oh, that, fucking the storytelling in this match is so fucking good. And I saw Twitter get a bit annoyed when um, Bullet Club members started coming out. I'm just like, come on, dudes. Like, they're telling a story here yeah. about evil being this cheating piece of shit. How can you not have the Bullet Club members come out? You know, it, it definitely wouldn't work. But, oh, just... Uh, man, this match, it blew me away. Uh, I'm not even talking about all the freaking spots yet. Like, oh, you get this guy, comes out wearing a Bushi mask, and I tweeted straight away, and so did a handful of other people, that's not Bushi, because this guy is jacked. And, uh, <laughs> he he has this, I don't know how else to ex- describe it, except it looks like a big 
It's a thicker version of this, but you know what a garrot wire is, right? You've seen them all in like action movies and shit all the time, but uh, it's not quite that thin bit of wire. It's a big, it's a thicker bit of cable, more for, I guess, choking than like you know, killing someone, I guess, which is, I guess, good because you don't want to kill wrestlers in the middle of <laughs> So this, this guy uh, dressed as Bushi, uh, use this this garrote type thing on Naito and chokes him the fuck out. And Naito's really fucked. And I know, I, I know I'm skipping over a lot of things. Like there's a, some awesome Naito moves as well. Like just Destino looking moves. And I know he does the Gloria and the Esperanza and shit too. Uh, he's, he's mostly a selling kind of wrestler. He does he does do a lot of offense, but you, his Naito's the kind of guy you want to see make a comeback rather than dominate for long periods, uh, which is pretty much what happens. But when he starts putting on moves, it's always awesome. So, you know, I, I'm sorry to gloss over some things. It's just way too much cool shit in this match to talk about. Far out, man. Uh, <laughs> could you believe the finish of this match? Well, once I saw a a guy in a mask choke out Naito with a fucking, you know, piece of wire like it's Luca Brasi from the fucking Godfather, I was mm. like, man, uh, it's it's kind of got to be over for Naito. You, you can't do stuff like that and then have him come back. Um, he's not Tanahashi, you know, so uh, it's it just like some of the stuff that I was seeing was starting to make me realize that maybe he's going to lose here. And if he does come back and win it kind of buries the shit out of evil you know what i mean yeah. so you can't like do all this stuff and then have your your brand new you know heel uh top heel lose um one other thing too that was amazing is that naito as this mega babyface wrestler taking all this heat got all this heat on him he can't he can't ask people to help him he can't do that so that spot with red shoes protecting him without naito's permission is one of the biggest babyface spots I've ever seen in my life. That was so great. We had Hiromu come out and try to make the save too, but and we'll talk about him a little more in a second. Oh. But that was not Naito's choice, you know. And 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 Naito probably didn't even want him out there, you know. And so it's like that stuff was so great. But the finish, man, um, it was you know we we had seen Evil do these uh, these nut butter spots where he's basically got uh, you know, a, a wrestler down with his legs up and just stomps the shit out of his balls. Naito had already been put through a table, killed for 20 minutes, uh, choked out, uh, you know, his leg ripped off, and then you know he stomps on his balls and hits a couple other ball shots, and then everything is evil behind the ref's back because you got all these guys coming out and all these Bullet Club guys doing their Bullet Club stuff. And um, Luke, who won the match? We have... New double champ. No, I tell complete bullshit lies there. We have a fucking triple champion. Yes. Evil. Everything is evil. One, two, three. Oh my God, that crowd's not happy. Oh my God, I'm in shock. Evil is has done it. I, I said last week, I want a long night of rain because he deserves it and stuff, but... And I, I think he, I think he still deserves at least at some point a, a title reign that lasts for a few defenses. And it's not too late. Yeah, I think he can still do that with Naito. 
And it's funny, too, because the last couple of weeks, as the tournament progresses, you and I have, have looked right past evil. And we're going, oh, all right, this looks like an Okada Naito main event for Dominion, probably with Naito winning and being like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm the definitive champ, motherfuckers. You know, that... Uh, so we were we were looking at uh, uh, different parts of the puzzle. We weren't looking at the other part of the puzzle, which was the rise of evil. Uh, I guess that's uh, some kind of movie tagline now. I guess somehow, but uh, uh, every uh, evil is the new the new champion of both the Intercontinental and IWGP Heavyweight titles. But wait, here's where. Here's where even more interesting shit's going to happen because Evil is one-third of the uh, six-man never tag champions with uh, Bushi and Shingo. Uh, I'd say you didn't want to overload the, the main event too much, which is probably why we didn't see too much from uh, Sonata or Bushi. Uh, as for Shingo, he's got a reason for not being there because El Desperado took his ass out at the end of a brutal never-open title match. Uh, I know some people were going, oh, where the fuck is he, where the fuck is he? Wait, you don't want to tell the complete story in one match, do you? Right. No, mm-hmm. no, you've got to you've got to leave some uh, nuggets on the, on the table here um, because Sonata and Evil have also been heavyweight tag champs together before, so you don't... Yes, you want to know what how Sonata feels and what his reaction is going to be and what he's going to do in the future. You want to know how all these LIJ guys are going to respond to uh, this new shift. But uh, you, you don't want to put all your cards on the table right away. But they do play one amazing card. And it is Hiromu Takahashi. He fucking... Runs in there, and oh my, his emotion, his anger—you know, not at being betrayed, at, at you know, he's loyal to Naito. It's it's heartbreaking. It's it, it's just as heartbreaking, if not more so, than uh, evil beating the shit out of Milano Collection. You know, so there's he's the audience, right? The New Japan audience are booing this, which they should because a heel just beat their babyface champion. So they're getting the right reaction. You know, they they want they want this heat, you know, because they're setting up evil with the ball club and a, a really good way to kind of bring that to the forefront is to have someone they have built up as this amazing baby face ever since he come back from a, a broken neck he's been built up uh, Hiromu as this awesome baby face character he's he was a lot of people's favorite as well for the uh, New Japan Cup because we never got our Naito Hiromu match and we're gonna have to wait a little longer for that uh, boys and girls so you know never say never uh, but uh, it's not going to happen anytime soon. But what might happen sometime soon is Hiromu challenges evil. He says, yes. and Hiromu's like, 
you can pick whichever title it's for, both of them or one of them. I don't care. I just want to fucking kick your ass. And Evil and the Bullet Club leave, and Hiromu's left in the ring with a lying Naito just going, <laughs> Talk oh about, we've been talking about it the whole episode about New Japan pulling some triggers. And Evil has been a upper mid-card guy for ever since I've started watching New Japan in 2017. Uh, I've seen him beat Okada. I've seen him beat big names before. Uh, but you know, even though he's had stints as tag team champion and uh, never champ, I wasn't sure if they'd ever pulled the trigger on him either having an IC title run or an IWGP heavyweight title run. Could he pull it off? Yeah, I think he's a very believable as uh, as a champion. Uh, but here we are. Uh, we're in the era of evil, which is very fitting for 2020. Uh, it's incredible storytelling. It's a story that took, uh, I think, took both of us by surprise because last week we looked past that motherfucker. We, we did. People were going to listen to that third episode and go, these guys are dumb. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, no, I hope not too. But that's the fun of it. Like the fun is you and I going. All right, I think the puzzle's going to be. I, I think this is how it's going to go. And then Gator's going like, going like, no. Uh, you're you're you guys are assembling a uh, a hundred piece puzzle, whereas uh, you're missing like the other 900 pieces to it, which I have. And uh, I'm I'm not going to let you put them together. I'm going to put them together for you. And uh, that's what he does, man. Gato's, Gato's done it again. There's a lot of unhappy people because everybody loves themselves some Naito. And everyone knows how hard and how long he worked to get that title back, the heavyweight title, I mean. And his quest to be double champ was a big part of last year's story uh, for Naito, which culminated early this year at Wrestle Kingdom. So a lot of people thought we'd get a really, really long uh, Naito run. All we were hoping for it, myself included. But no, we're in the era of evil and I want to. I want. I want the. I want the next episode now. I want. <laughs> we, we have no shows to cover until um, July twentieth, and then um, then on the weekend of uh, Saturday, July twenty fifth and twenty sixth, and Monday twenty seventh. So we're gonna have uh, a behind the scenes chit chat as to like, do we want to split those in half or do we want to cover them all? Um, at once we'll talk about that bullshit later but uh, as for New Japan wow they they have some balls uh, they've pulled the trigger on evil and it worked it really worked for me uh, it was a shock I love a, I love a good shock I have no idea where they're going next and I can't wait what about yourself that was one of my favorite matches um, that I've seen in a long time as far as something that's on television. And, uh, you know, this might be the best 
like match that I've seen, you know, since COVID and all that stuff. Um, you know, this was all a giant crescendo that just blew its top at, at Dominion the way that it should. This was proper pro wrestling done well in a way that makes me care so much. And uh, I care about these characters. I care about evil, even though he's a son of a bitch. I want to see what he does next. Yep. You know, this, uh, this thing in entertainment, they say, always leave them wanting more. And that's what they've done here. They haven't given us everything. You know, they haven't, um, you know, uh, booked the championship match and then had a rematch of that same championship match the next day, like some places do. You know, mm. they, they've given us, you know, these little tidbits and then these major, uh, you know, bites of this giant sandwich that we haven't even started to eat yet. And, and that's what's so amazing about it is that, you know, it, wrestling's about the journey. It's not about where you go. But when you do get these, you know, movements, it's awesome. And New Japan always delivers those. And sometimes it takes a long time and sometimes it doesn't. Um, I'm surprised at how quickly this is happening. However, it's needed. It's very much needed. And and the reason is, is because New Japan would sure like to recoup some of the money that they just lost over the past couple months. And this is how they're doing it. They're choosing to do great business and provide an awesome product with characters and stories that you care about. And that's what it's all about. I mean, we didn't even mention, you know, Evil's new theme, his new gear. He has oh, a look. Yeah. His, you know, his even his his uh, wrestling style was completely different. I mean, he's changed completely overnight, and uh, that, that kind of thing it can only be, be believable when you build to it in a proper way. And that's what we did. And yes, we got kind of an accelerated version of that. But as I said, it's I feel like this is something that's been planned for a very long time, and they've just been waiting for the right time to do it. And here we are. So um, I loved it. You know, and uh, I'm excited to see what happens next. Now, Luke, there is a uh, press conference that's going to happen here in a few hours. I think more hours than I'm willing to stay up. Um, and it's going to be the Dominion press conference where they're going to kind of talk about what happens next. But I do know this. Um, I do know that there's a new sh <clears throat> show advertised called New Japan Road. And the road two shows are kind of the lead up shows to something bigger. However, any show they don't have a name for, they just call it the road or something like that. Mm -hmm. And this show is going to be like new year's dash. That's what it's going to be like. It's going to be like, and, and if you don't know uh, new year's dash, uh, the Western version of that would be the Monday night raw after, after WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. All of your storylines have concluded at wrestle kingdom. New year's dash is the next show. And that's where all your new storylines happen. That's usually where stuff like this happens, you know? And, um, as far as like how many bullet club, bullet club leaders have been kicked out of the gang on, on those, you know, those shows. But I think this new Japan road, which is on uh, July uh, 20th, that's going to be a big deal. And then, they have added a bunch of stuff to the uh, to the schedule. So they have something called uh, Sengoku Lord yep. in Nagoya, and I'm not sure what that is. I'm not. It, it looks like it's a show. So it's in the Perfectors Gymnasium out there. And then there's a big list of tour dates, um, which are actually in different cities. I mean, most of them are in Corrigan Hall, but there's other ones listed in here too. And it's called Summer Struggle 2020. Um, I don't know what this is, but we're going to find out. And there's a chance it might have something to do with the G1. I, I don't know. You know, I mean, it's just me speculating. I don't know if they're going to do a G1, yeah. but they may do a mini version of it. And this might be what that is. I don't yep. know. Look, uh, I just want to jump in and say 
I mentioned when Jay White lost the title in Madison Square Garden to Okada and me being kind of gutted and thinking, well, because I love me some Switchblade. I know he's a heel. Heels lose more than faces because that's just wrestling. My thought was, what the fuck do you do with Jay White now? Well, they came out with cool shit to do with Jay White. So anyone who's feeling that same emotion right now about Tetsuya Naito, what the hell do you do with him next? Come on, man. Like, he's one of the biggest stars in New Japan. They've got plans for him. And it's going to be very interesting, I think, to see where he goes next. The other thing, before I jump onto what you said about the dates, um, I should have mentioned it at the end of our coverage of the match, but Zack Sabre Jr. is finally a champion in New Japan. He was yeah. never at Yoshihashi level, mostly because he's beaten <laughs> big stars before, and he's also won the New Japan Cup. So he's a tournament winner, even though he's never won a title. He's now a title holder in Japan, so that is awesome. Yes, uh, usually around this time in July, we already know who's in the G1, you know, um, and all that kind of stuff. The G1 will usually start maybe at the end of July and most of August will be G1 stuff. So we don't know if there is going to be a G1 uh, around this time or maybe a little later or even if they can quite pull off that many dates in such a short time in this climate. But, yeah, they've definitely got quite a run of shows coming up. You're right. They've got uh, New Japan Road, which will probably be a reset and start setting up uh, some title feuds. What I am hoping, I know I am very much looking forward to the Hiromu versus Evil storyline, but I'm also hoping that there's another member of Bullet Club that will eventually challenge Mr. Hiromu Takahashi for his junior title, and that's uh, Taiji Ishimori. So uh, I'm hoping for that as as well, because uh, I think with Hiromu being a big baby face, if he does uh, fight evil and win or lose, doesn't matter. You still need that baby face to beat up some douchebags. And I think Taiji Ishimori would be perfect for that role. <laughs> He's a douchebag. <laughs> yeah. I mean that in the best way possible. I love me some yep. Taiji Ishimori. Uh, so, like, when I say words like piece of shit or douchebag, uh, I'm, these are terms of endearment for me. They're, that's their heel. <laughs> that, because that's their heel role. And sure. If they're, sure. if they're doing that really well, I kind of, I love that. I respect that. Like, every time I see ELP, I think, wow, he's he's a giant, giant douche. Isn't he awesome? <laughs> and Ishimori for me follows, falls into that. So, you know, you've got definitely got um, time to reset. Like, they might address the six-man titles in the Road 2 or in the, in the upcoming shows as well. Uh, we'll see some uh, building of feuds and things as well for all this, all the other different titles. So even if there isn't a G1, where they've left things at the end of Dominion, there's so many different ways they can go, dude. Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, that if you're new to New Japan, you're going to learn is that they take breaks. 
they don't, it's not constant. You know, they have two week breaks a lot of times where these guys need to rest. I mean, they just killed each other, especially when you have this depleted roster. So, um, you know, they can address any injuries and things like that that happen during this time. And these guys can rest. So do they have like a off season? No, but they have giant rest periods and uh, things like the Super Juniors tournament and the G1 allow the opposite weight class to kind of rest during that period too. Yeah. So they really are smart about how they book all this stuff to make sure that their wrestlers have longevity, and that's why you have guys like Nakanishi still wrestling in Tenzon. You know, so well, it's not Nakanishi. He's uh, he's retired. Did he? But, oh yeah, that's right. Shit. But, well, but I know you mean like Makabe and Tenzan and Kojima. That those kind of roles. Well, uh, you know, we got to wrap this up, Luke. But before we do that, we yep. gave each other some homework last week. Um, I mean, you want to start or you want me to start? What do you think? No, shut up. I'm starting. <laughs> 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 All right. So yours was uh, Shibata versus Ishii for the Never Open title at Wrestle Kingdom 10. Um, the version I watched had some pretty decent English commentary. Uh, it threw me a bit because it's uh, Matt Stryker. I'm not used to hearing Matt Stryker on a New Japan show, but I think I remember him having done some commentary here and there for New Japan, uh, especially for Wrestle Kingdom shows. But it's Matt Stryker and Kevin Kelly. That's the that's the commentary I had for the Shibata Ishi match. I thought it was pretty good, mostly because I fucking love Kevin Kelly on commentary. He's great. Uh, this is not. Kevin, the Kevin Kelly we have now, who knows every in and out of New Japan, so he's able to accentuate and elevate. But he still does a great job. I'm not, no, I'm not talking about the match itself yet, but uh, <laughs> this match is fucking amazing and heartbreaking because uh, it's made me... A, I haven't seen many Shibata matches. This one definitely made me a fan, and I know how it ends. So, yeah, that's a bit heartbreaking. This match is so fucking brutal they start just beating the shit out of each other typical never open style uh fifth gear straight away uh this match has some really amazing shit in it like shibata does this thing where he sits cross-legged on the on the on the mat with his back up and both men take turns sitting there like that and take each other's best shot with these brutal fucking kicks and shit oh, brutal throat chops by ishii as well but also devastating strikes by fucking shibata there's some freaking headbutts, which are gnarly as hell. And uh, PK kick, which I guess is Shibata's finisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, uh, Ishii was the never open champion at the time, but we have a new one, which is Katsuyori Shibata. Uh, I, it was, uh, it was, you know, general never open weight length, about 20 minutes of hard hitting action. And it was right up my alley, so I had a great time with it. There aren't many moves in this match. And when I say that is, like, yes, you get suplexes and a few things like that, but this match is almost all strikes. It takes over 30 minutes for one of them just to cover the other one for a pin. There's a few kickouts at one, which I always love because it makes them look like a badass that's heating back up, like going, yeah, I've taken that... I took your best shot, and you only got me down for one. Let's fucking go. Uh, yeah, so really good, really good choice. I thought it was awesome. Well, I I can't wait to further kind of turn you on to Shibata, because Shibata 
is, I mean, he was one of the best wrestlers in New Japan before he was injured. And um, when you see matches like that, you see why. That match made him. That was his first singles title win in New Japan. And um, it's as hard as hit, hard as hit hitting match as it gets and it's really scary at times and uh scary in the best way possible it's also i mentioned in the last episode it's a thinking man's match because if you watch the the structure of it where you know they one guy will be on offense for i don't know five minutes sometimes and then the other guy will switch over and do the exact same rendition of what the other guy did to him in a big long mirror spot it's crazy. For example, you know, Shibata may throw a bunch of forearms and then, you know, or, and then a couple kicks. Well, then that will happen over a minute or two. And then Ishii will get his chance and he'll do his version of those same strikes. And it's, it is just as good as it gets. Um, that's a lot sometimes. And then the other great seller as always, but sorry to interrupt you there, but uh, I really liked the selling of Shibata. When uh, Ishii just lays in those fucking nasty-looking throat chops. Oh, <laughs> fantastic stuff. Well, Ishii has this thing where when he gets in these kinds of matches, his um, his knife-edge chops start to work their way up the guy's chest a little bit. And eventually the ref's kind of like, hey, whoa, because he just throat chops him. And he's able to do it in a way that's safe, but also looks exactly like he's punching a dude in the throat. It's crazy. Absolutely um, fantastic, yeah. Great stuff, man. Well, uh, well, my assignment this week was one that I am happy to do over again because I fucking love this. It's a uh, it's a uh, Kodo Bushi versus Prince Devitt from Wrestle Kingdom Eight, um, and uh, this is for the uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship. Much like the Shibata versus Ishi match, this is so stiff. It's so stiff. Here's an example. Mm. You know, uh, there is a, a part where. You know, basically, um, sh- or, uh, excuse me, Kota Bushi is up against the uh, the rails on one side, and and here comes Prince Devitt running with this crazy drop kick where he just clobbers him, and then Kota Bushi sells it like he's been shot out of a cannon the other way, and he like <laughs> all the steps. You know, I mean, it is it's some of the best selling you'll see, and you get to see the exact the entire character of the Prince Devitt leader of bullet club of that character it is him encompassed you know he has this crazy body paint um you know that's so awesome and it's so stiff and we also get to see how fast uh kota Ibushi used to be now i'm not saying he's slow now he's still so fucking fast but he used to be faster <laughs> just, i think just... he might just wrestle smarter now yes, rather yes. than faster and uh I, I think he's he might be all the better for it because yeah. Uh, the crazy motherfucker has uh, hurt himself a couple of times. So, uh, yeah, he uh, so much speed. There's, it's also a very cheaty match because uh, Devitt's got the ball club around him and shit. But there's this one spot where, like, Ibushi has Devitt down and he starts to run to the ropes and just out of nowhere, someone's someone from ball clubs just thrown a chair right at his face. <laughs> Fuck. You're like, whoa, where did that come from? Shit. Uh, so despite the very kind of bullet clubbiness of, of this match. They still give Ibushi and Devitt quite a good amount of time to put a proper beat down on each other. It's good stuff. It's, it's awesome, man. I, I love it so much. And, you know, Carl Anderson just picks up Ibushi and just like power bombs right on the apron. And it's just, uh-huh. 
like shit like that and Ibushi selling, you know, and I think this is before he broke his neck. So this is, you know, kind of prime Ibushi in the uh, way that he is in his prime. So that's pretty awesome, man. Well, uh, what is your recommendation this week, Luke? All right. I haven't watched this one yet, but uh, I had a bit of Moxley, Moxley's thoughts in my mind when I was doing this. It's not a Moxley match, but um, I was thinking back to when he first started wrestling for New Japan, and he was talking about some of the matches that he'd seen that really blew him away and really made him, you know, um, interested in kind of going like, if I have a chance, ever, if I ever have a chance to work in New Japan, it's uh, these two guys that I'd absolutely love to work with. He's worked with one of them now. And uh, the match was amazing. Uh, that it match featured Moxley defending his US title against Minaro Suzuki. So there's a bit of a hint right there where I'm going with this. I've seen these two wrestle a few times. Uh, and I have loved each and every time I've seen these two men uh, battle it out. Because you've got the ultimate uh, murder grandpa versus uh, the ultimate one of the ultimate baby faces of New Japan. It's from the G1 Climax in 2012, so the G1 22. It's, uh, it's got English commentary on it too, so for anyone interested in that, I know they've had uh, matches before this and after this, but I don't know. I feel like I'm always choosing if I can Tokyo Dome matches and I wanted to do something a little different. I feel like we're both very <laughs> wrestle kingdom because it's it's kind of safe right you, you know you're going to get like top tier matches at a wrestle kingdom why, why wouldn't you uh so but i've chosen minaro suzuki versus hiroshi tanahashi from the august 8 uh 2012 g1 climax 22 it's a part it's an a block tournament match um if you find it over here on uh new japan world you can watch it with the Japanese commentary, but there's also a version of it with English commentary as well, which is another reason I chose it. Like, I, it doesn't matter. It probably doesn't matter which uh, commentary you listen to it to, but uh, it feels to me like they've gone back and done commentary for this match, which makes me think that uh, this might be one to uh, put your eyeballs on and have a look at. So, Manara Suzuki versus Hiroshi Tanahashi at the G1. What about you? Well, first of all, you you finally won. I've never seen that, so I can't wait to yes. see that. That'd be awesome. So, um, and you know, I, I thought you were going Suzuki versus Okada because uh, that was fucking badass too. But man, Suzuki's great, and I want to see more of him from earlier days. So, uh, thank you for giving me the opportunity to watch this. Uh, my recommendation this week is from King of Pro Wrestling 2016. It is Marafuji versus Okada. Um, this is the uh, the culmination of the 2016 uh, G1 Climax story, where they had invited some wrestlers from uh, from Noah to come in uh, from Pro Wrestling Noah, and at that time Suzuki actually Suzuki Goon was part of Pro Wrestling Noah, so they came over too. So that's when Taichi joined uh, New Japan, and, and a bunch of those guys uh, came back from their kind of little excursion at Pro Wrestling Noah. New Japan Pro Wrestling in the past has had great working relationships with 
other Japanese companies. Now that's changed over time. So it used to be that you always had these other guys coming in from other uh, other promotions. And you know, right now, obviously, that's different for many reasons. But Marafuji is kind of the ace of pro wrestling Noah. And so having him come in and during the G1, he was able to defeat Okada. And it's it's really it's a great story too. And I love that G1 because this is this is when Okada defends the title, you know, or has the title throughout the thing, and he loses to three guys, and all three of those guys get title shots later on. And it's like part of his giant run. It, you know, this is kind of the beginning of that mm. giant run that ends with Kenny Omega finally defeating him. But um, but this match is it's it's one of the first ones that I saw and was like oh my God, Okada is next level. It's fantastic. Um, and Marafuji is not necessarily in his prime in this match, but my God, is he amazing. I love it so much. You're going to love it too. It's uh, Okada versus Marafuji from King of Pro Wrestling 2016. All right. Um, and this will be my first uh, Marafuji match. So uh, that'll, that'll be cool. Like, uh, oh, Dude, did we mention friggin' everyone on the show is probably going like, really? You're not going to address that? Like, what the fuck? Uh, Dick Togo. Yes. Did yes. We, did, we did mention him a little bit, right? Uh, well, we mentioned that he was not Abushi, and then we, or Abushi, uh, excuse Bushi. me, and we didn't really, we were, so we were just waxing poetically about that match so much. But, uh, but yes, Dick Togo um, was revealed to be Evil's, like, manager, I guess, or, you know, or his yeah. helper, and, um, you know, in, in uh, the match versus Naito. And you were like, who the hell is Dick Togo, right? And a lot of people mm -hmm. were like, who the hell is Dick Togo? And, and it, even people that know who he is are like, well, it can't be that Dick Togo, you know? But it is. It's this guy who was, like, from, um, you know, uh, what's it, Michinoku Pro back in the day. And he's wrestled for ECW, WWE, just about every wrestling promotion on the war in the planet he has wrestled for. Recently, he was with DDT, um, which is that really goofy Japanese uh, pro wrestling that we may eventually dip our toe in one day down the road. But uh, <laughs> uh, that shit's crazy. And so I guess he's maybe his, uh, his contract was up with them. So he's up with uh, New Japan. And that's a really cool uh, addition. You know, I'm excited to see what happens with him. Uh, so as a major New Japan fan, as I consider myself I, I really love I'm doing a fucking podcast so yeah i'm a bit of a fan uh when they have reveals in new japan if they're a western wrestler i nine times out of ten i'm like oh yeah i know that guy cool awesome uh however new japan pro wrestling is really the only japanese wrestling i've really seen so where uh, you know when shingo made his debut i'm like he looks cool. Don't know who he is. <laughs> Everyone else is going like, oh, man, this guy's a fucking beast. Like, he's awesome. You were telling me that, too. I remember at the time as well. So you were right. Uh, and maybe it's not a huge reveal for me, but uh, it definitely is for the people who are more in tune with all forms of Jack or more in touch with uh, other promotions for Japanese wrestling and shit. So, yes. I'm sorry, everyone. We didn't mention Dick Togo during the match. Uh, here, we're mentioning him now. Uh, I just, uh, it just popped into my head. I'm thinking, like, 
We we talked about Dick Toga before we started recording. I don't think we mentioned this on the fucking show. Uh, it would have been remiss of us if we didn't cover that. So there it is. There's your there's your Dick Togo mention. Like uh, looked him up. He's about fifty, but that don't mean shit in Japan because uh, I see I see older men in New Japan whooping ass all the time. In fact, we saw that in the New Japan Cup itself. Uh, oh man, so. Uh, this will be my uh, first Marafuji match. Uh, I don't really know much about uh, Noah, Dragon Gate, DDT, All Japan, all oh, well, all those kind of places. So uh, if I seem ignorant in those areas, it's because I am, and uh, that's why that's why we got uh, Andy here because he knows a lot more about that shit than I do. So thank you for, I guess, filling me in and anyone listening in as well. If, if they didn't know much about Dick. Togo, and there's our homework matches as well. So, uh, what we do again? Suzuki Tanahashi at the G122, and Marufuji and Okada at King of Pro Wrestling 2016. So, hopefully, I'll remember that. I know you always have it written down and send it to me before we start the show, but I think every week I have fucked up in some way and have messaged you and gone, "Is it this one?" <laughs> And you're like, yes. <laughs> and it ends up making you watch more matches. And I, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, I just, I want to thank you too, Luke. This is a outstanding experience and I'm looking forward to this every single week. And, you know, and every time we get together and talk about new Japan, it's so much fun, you know, and, um, you know, I think that we can trust our listeners to, um, you know, get out there. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a review. I think it's really important and not only can we trust them, who else can we trust? Many of you might not be feeling it right now, but I'm feeling it because I've been I've been in this where the fuck do you go from here phase. I've come out the other side and I know, I know from experience, nothing in New Japan is always going to go your way, but there's always something that you can rely on. And that's in Gato, we trust. Never as fuck.